0: Hello, and welcome to Songs for the Struggling Artist, the blogcast, the podcast, the blog and podcast. Um, Yeah, welcome. I have fallen a little bit behind myself in terms of when I would like to be delivering these blogcasts to you, but uh, you know, you get them when you get them. I feel like there's like a whole, I'm a member of a podcasting Facebook group called She Podcasts. It's ladies and podcasting. And um, I, I, I mean, I'll be honest, I, I don't love this group. I don't love probably any Facebook group that I'm in. But, the, but this one, uh, there's a lot of people trying to like get podcasting right. Like they're like, is it okay if I and whatever the thing is, like, is it okay if I if I, I I can't even think. Like, there's so many things that people are like, as if there's some rules somewhere about how this goes. <laughs> anyway, one of the things that everybody's very concerned about is is releasing podcasts consistently and on a particular day and not missing a day and. You know, I understand why that seems important. And uh, if you are a listener and you're frustrated by the fact that it's usually Mondays but sometimes isn't, I apologize to you. But also, you know, it's life, right? Like it moves. It's flexible. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I have not yet encountered anyone who is particularly concerned about the consistency of the release of the podcast. I mean listen, if you it, like when I get a podcast from WNYC or like an official podcast channel, like, yeah, I, I'm like, oh, where's my Thursday podcast? And it, when it doesn't come out, I'm sad. but that that's I mean, you know, I'm a person, not a radio show yet. I will consistently release these things when I am paid radio salary. How about that? Like, when this thing actually starts to pay me any dollar bills, uh, th- then you know, we can we can talk about <clears throat> being consistent. <laughs> um, anyway, I love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> um, so today's um, today's blog cast is. Um, inspired by two books that that came out kind of around the same time and I went to book signings for them um, like one day after the other which was pretty awesome um, and they are two books by uh, one is by Rebecca Traister and the other is by Sarai Shamali and uh, yeah they're both amazing I, they're and they're really interestingly different from each other. They they complement each other really well. Um but what's funny is I got both of the books at the same time, so then I had to decide which one I was going to read first, which which was um a, a hard decision. Um I went with uh Saraya book uh cuz it came out first and um there I knew there was a chapter about um illness, so I I was interested in that particularly. So I started there. Um, and I will say her book made me angrier than Rebecca Tracers did because there's kind of more, um, more accounting of like things to be angry about (laughs) that I hadn't realized before. I mean, I, I, I pretty much thought like, oh yeah, no, I've got the, I've got the list, you know, the, the list of, things that many feminists like myself are angry about. like, And there were a few things, um, which is basically what this blog post is about, one of those things um, that I hadn't even thought of. And there's there's quite a few in, in Rage Becomes Her, Sarai Shamali's book. Um, a, a Rebecca Tracer's book is more um, sort of historical, and uh, there are interviews, and it has a kind of... Um, I don't know, American uh, women historical perspective. Um, and there's a real like social movement drive to it. Um, I would say, I don't know, trying to distinguish between these books has been <laughs> something I've been wanting to do, but not have not figured out exactly how to summarize. Um, I know Rebecca Traster in her um, library talk uh, that I went to, um, recommended Sarai's book um, in a more, from a more personal perspective. Like someone was asking a question about conflict and how to deal with um, the rage of men and so uh, Rebecca Tracer's answer was like, actually, Sarai's book deals with this a little bit more than mine. Um, so I think the two of them, actually, I would love to hear the two of them talk to each other, and find out what how they categorize each of the, each of the differences between the two books, but. Um, anyway, read both of them, I would say. Maybe take some time in between them so you, you'll do a better job than I have done in terms of distinguishing between them. Um, Rebecca Traister's book is called Good and Mad, The Revolutionary Power of Women's Anger. And Soraya Shemali's book is called Rage Becomes Her. And they are both really, I think, important books right now. And um, if you're a woman, I think it, it hel- will help with the, with the rage. Um, and if you're um, not a woman, I think it will help you understand what we're going through. <laughs> I think we could all use it. We can all read it. Anyway, this blog is called Books About Anger and the Safety Tax. I can't tell if reading all these books about women's anger is helping or making things worse. On one hand, it is tremendously affirming to read about my current experience and all the reasons I have to feel the way I feel. On the other hand, I'm newly angry about things I thought I'd already worked through my fury about. Despite my lifetime awareness of the ways sexism has tied my hands, at the moment, each reminder of an old fact or a fresh perspective, makes me newly furious. For example, Soraya Shamali's framing of the safety tax on women is at the forefront of my new awareness. She points out that the threat of rape and sexual assault is so ever-present that women have to take extra security measures, pay extra money to be safe, i.e. take taxis, live in safer, in other words, more expensive neighborhoods, park closer to their destinations. Now, personally, I've always been a little reckless in this fashion. I have been known to take a subway by myself at 2 a.m. I have generally just refused to pay the usual tax, I guess, and I've been relatively lucky. But the other night, after a show... When no subways came for over an hour, I started to get angry about this aspect of things all over again. I got home around 1 a.m., over two hours after leaving the show. And because the trains were a disaster, I ended up having to take the subway that drops me off ten blocks from my apartment, rather than the one that drops me two blocks away. I realized that the MTA basically just made my journey not just delayed, but exponentially more dangerous. Arriving home at 11 p.m. is a very different situation than arriving home at 1 a.m. Arriving 10 blocks away instead of 2 means my trip home is many times more dangerous. Now, the MTA is a disaster for everyone right now, Our governor has tanked the whole system, and everyone is having a miserable time. However, a series of decisions around it have also made things incredibly more risky for women. For example, trains used to shift their late-night schedules around midnight. If you made it on a train before 12, you should be okay. Then the late-night schedule shifted to 11. Not great, but still doable. Still enough time to see a show and grab a quick drink after. But now the late-night schedule begins at 9.45 p.m. For women who are better at safeguarding themselves than me, this means that seeing a show means taking a taxi home. Every show women see just became much, much more expensive. While still at the beginning of my two-hour journey home, I saw a woman hit the door of a trash train that was slowly passing. She was so furious. All she could say was, I'm so angry. (laughs) I thought maybe the driver had said something to her. But when I asked, she explained that due to the lateness of the trains and the misinformation on the train countdown clocks, she was going to miss the last train back to her neighborhood in Brooklyn. It was not yet 11 and I understood completely why she was at her rope's end. When I started this post, it all ended there. But then I went to a rehearsal in a space that I have rehearsed in dozens of times before. I arrived in the neighborhood not long after six in the evening, but it was already dark. The neighborhood is not well lit, and there was no one around. It's not as if I didn't know the place was the way it was. I have been there before. But this time, I realized that I was asking almost a dozen women to come there. This time, I realized that the building is dark. This time, I realized that it was a little foreboding. This time, I realized that the handy magnetic door entrance that only the renter has the key card for is not safe for anyone who might be stuck outside with no way to buzz in. On the way out, several of our actors waited in the lobby for car services. It was 10 p.m., it was dark. The walk to the subway may have been short, but it was deserted. A car service was a good idea. And car services aren't cheap. And you know what? That's a freaking safety tax that women are paying all the time. Already underpaid or unpaid, women in the arts are either taking giant risks to tough it out in out-of-the-way arts venues or are spending money on cars. I never noticed it before, I think, because I was in a headspace of being a cool art chick who's super down to be anywhere, even dark, deserted urban areas, man. Man. Anyway, this is one cool art chick who is now trying to raise some extra cash to compensate those ladies for their safety tax. So, after all that, I have to say that reading these books about anger and rage is, in fact, helping. I may be angrier in the short term, but in the long term, it's helping me make space to talk about something we never talk about in the arts. I have been working in theater for over 20 years. I have literally never heard anyone discuss women's safety in this way. It's about time. Now, I can do something about it in my own little pocket of this universe. I recommend reading, and I recommend doing. Okay, so that's that. I did not raise quite enough money to cover everybody's safety tax uh, on this measure-for-measure measure that I was doing, uh, but, you know, it, it at least I raised some awareness, um, which is why I left out the section that was in the blog about the fundraiser still being open because it is closed, although it, it will still take your money, so if you uh, are like, yeah, can't wait to contribute. um, You could, but the fundraiser is officially closed. Um, Two things. Uh, One, uh, I have now two subscribers to my mailing list. Thank you to the two of you who have done it, one of which is my mother. So thank you, mom. And... Uh, there is also another person. So that's two. Um, and if if you would uh, join that mailing list, then I will actually feel like it might be a list and not just a pair of people. Um, and the way to do that is to just go to my website, which is emilyrainbowdavis.com. And and then I'll have to figure out what to send you, of course, but, but the, 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 I have been advised that this is a better way to do things. And... Lord knows, I need to figure out a better way to do things. Um, so yeah, go go there if you if you can, EmilyRainbowDavis.com. Uh, the little pop up is the first thing that should pop up there, so it's you don't have to go any further. Uh, the other thing um, I will tell you is that I am in the process of building. Um, a second Patreon account. Um, Currently, I have a pay-per-post situation, um, and that has been kind of for everything. And I checked in with my patrons about if I should just make make a switch to how I do that there, and uh, I got a response from four out of 19 people. Um, And that tells me that, I th- should not mess with it. <laughs> so I'm not gonna. Um, but what it does mean, I mean, I'm gonna mess with it a little bit in the sense that I'm just gonna kind of um, shape things a little differently. So my current Patreon account, which is a paper post, paper blog post basically, um, is going to become uh, the Songs for the Struggling Artist Patreon, which it kind of already is. Um, I'll continue to post the blog posts there and. Um, the donations go directly per, like related to when I post a, a blog. Um, so that's happening. But then I'm also creating a, an additional Patreon, which um, will be uh, the membership model rather than the pay-per-post model. And I am currently figuring out what in the hell I can offer people and post there. <laughs> but I think it will be helpful. And once I have it going, um, hopefully I'll, I'll be able to make some more creative um stuff. Like even in just thinking about it, like I came up with a whole project that I was like, "Ooh, if I got, you know, X amount of donations, like I could um make a radio show." I mean, it was yeah, it's a little I I don't I can't go that quite that far just yet. <laughs> but um but just even thinking about um uh, the possibility of like Paying other people to help me do things is, um, that's pretty cool. That means I could do more stuff, which is awesome. Anyway, I'm figuring that out. So if you have ideas about what I can offer people, because Patreon is this weird thing where it's not, um, you know, it's not, uh, it's not actually a donation, you know. It's like a lot of people get stuff for what they give, and I don't really make stuff so much. I mean, a little bit I do. Um, Anyway, if you have ideas, I'd love to hear them. So sorry for all that talk of money, but (laughs) I feel like it is one of those things that like, I think it's in Don Powell's book, uh, the Wicked Pavilion, where she talks about how, like all of the all of the artists are so boring because all they talk about is money, and it's like the the business people who can sit around and talk about art. <laughs> I thought that was I, it's it's true. It's really true. Um, so today's song um, is 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 can is it a song? I'm not sure. Sort of. Yes. Um, so what I thought I should put here, the thong, the song, the thong, the song that I thought of, um, is, uh, like a, more like a poem, um, from Maren Cadell's album. Maren Cadell had, uh, a kind of a hit, I want to say it was the early 90s, maybe 80s, um, the the hit song was called the sweater. You might know that. Um and uh this is a song called Martina or maybe more of a poem similar to the sweater and that it's that it there's it's a sort of talk talk based um piece. Um and I have added a a loop. I've cheated. I totally cheated. I used a loop that's here in my GarageBand software, um, and it's it's a little bit um, it's a little bit wrong for this piece, but in a way that's what makes it right for me. Um, it gives it a kind of a jaunty feel that it shouldn't not have, um, but I, I feel like it somehow makes it worse. In a in, in the right way. Um it, the M- Maren Cadell's version of the song has basically the the what's the track? The 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 rhythm track is the sound of a, a woman um walking in heels. Um and so I have used a disco loop instead. Um but yeah. Here it is. It is called Martina. Pump, pump, blow the dump, the steaming sewers. Take the chance that only chancy chicks would take. Cakewalk home with icy breaks of spiky heels and clicks they make. Walk through your cold neighborhood, but don't get raped. Knock on wood. Martina hobbled home breathing in time to the sounds of her footsteps on the pavement. All the houses made hushy, silent sounds because it was a thick night at 3 a.m. Nobody was around. That's the worst time, a part of her said. But most of her just said Top tup, Top tup, fup, tup To her swinging legs Pump, pump, blow the dump The steaming sewers Take the chance that only chancy chicks would take And cakewalk home with icy brakes the spiky heels and clicks they make Walk through your cold neighborhood But don't get raped, knock on wood Don't get raped, knock on wood But don't get raped, knock on wood Don't get raped, knock on wood Don't get raped, knock on wood